Remember when one person comes to Christ, there is rejoicing in the courts of heaven and it's probably mourning in the courts of hell. So go evangelize. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Yes. And the other day, Todd, yeah. in my prayer chair, do you remember this? I, well, I do because you interrupted me. Uh, you, burst, you burst out uh, with ex- enthusiasm and excitement because of something you were reading. Yes. Yeah, so I was reading in a book. It's called The Simple Guide to Experiencing Miracles from what, James Moreland or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. And so I'm reading it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There's a story in there from the very person that we are have the honor of interviewing today and so yeah, he's going to share that story the way so the whole amazing. circumstances came about about how yeah. he's our you know Honestly. guest on today's program and so cool so dr hormoz shariat is just a phenomenal person and you're going to really be interested in a number of things that he's going to be sharing that you've not heard before yeah in fact we we talk a little bit uh, or a lot actually about how uh, radical islam has impacted him and his family and and just wow just wait to hear some of these stories. You, you know, we talked to about like, what's the number one reason why uh, Muslims are so resistant to Christianity? And I, I think you're going to find his answer to be profound on that. Mm-hmm. And also how we as our, you know, in our self preoccupation of selfishness. <laughs> oh, is that really going on? Yeah. <laughs> how we as our, uh, as Americanized Christians, how do we really develop a, a burden and a, and a love for Muslims and for everybody in that fact, uh, right. from that fact? Yeah. Yes, it works. Because that I've, fact for that fact. Yeah, for that fact. Because the, I mean, the reality is, people need to hear the gospel. How do we develop that? Birth? That's right. And Muslims are hearing the gospel in a unique way oh, because yes. Jesus is coming to them in visions and dreams. <laughs> Wait till you hear about all oh, this. Man. And uh, and Dr. Hormoz uh, Shariat is is our guest today, but he is even going to be talking about AI. That's right. That's a hot. Topic right well, he now. studied that uh, before his own conversion, so exactly. it's going to be fascinating. Yes. So he's our guest today. He's the founder of Iran Alive Ministries, which use uh, they use satellite TV to broadcast Christian programming to a potential audience of 130 million all throughout Iran and throughout so the Middle cool. East. So cool. Yeah. Dr. Hormoz uh, was born into a Muslim family in Iran and came to the United States after the Islamic Revolution in 1979. Where Where they were shouting, I remember that so clearly, death to America. He was there doing Doing the very same thing. thing. Wow. Well, can't spoil that. Okay, Okay, yeah, he'll share about it. Anyway, but that's where he came to Christ while earning uh, his PhD in computer engineering as a graduate student of USC in 1980. So, yeah, he came on over to America. Mm. And then in 1987, Mm -hmm. after his conversion, he planted a church in San Jose, California, where there are hundreds of Muslim converts and uh, still remains today as one of the largest churches of its kind in the United States. Yes. And Dr. Hormoz Shariat is, uh, has been called the Billy Graham of Iran. Uh, he was called this by the best-selling American uh, Israeli author, Joel Rosenberg. And in uh, his book, Iran's, uh, Iran's Great Awakening, Dr. Shariat shares his spiritual journey out of Islam into Christianity 
uh, biblical prophecies about Iran and the um, uh, strategies to transform a nation like Iran. I keep saying Iran, Iran. That's now, okay. I wonder if I'm the only one that does no, that. No, just because I'm from Texas. Everybody I used to say Iran. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's Is Iran. that terrible? I know it's Iran. Iran. <laughs> well, today we have the privilege of hearing firsthand from Hormoz. Uh, how all this got started, uh, along with some fascinating stories of God's intervention. Well, welcome, Dr. Hermose. What an honor to have you on your biggest breakthrough. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I pray what I share will bless and inspire your audience. Oh, I know. It I will. think that's <laughs> an answered prayer already. I really do. You know, Hermos, our show is really, it's all about how uh, God can bring about breakthroughs. That's what we love to talk about. And uh, I think about your life, we talk about a life-changing breakthrough uh, in what you've experienced throughout your life, uh, because here you are, you're a relatively young man um, living in Iran, and from what your story shares, I mean, you just wanted to become a scientist and maybe specialize in AI, right? which is the big subject today, but the Lord starts to redirect you uh, to where you are now, um, fondly known as the Billy Graham of Iran, <laughs> and so... How in the world did that happen? Take us back to the beginning. That's quite a journey. Well, I, of course, I don't call myself Billy Graham of Iran. And uh, Joel it's Joel Rosenberg. Rosenberg does. Yes, he does. <laughs> and understandably so. Yeah. Joel Rosenberg uh, wrote a book and in his book uh, talked about me. Uh, he writes a lot about the Middle East, mostly fiction. And so, uh, you know, my answer is this. Iran is so open. The Iranians are so open to gospel. To the gospel amazing breakthrough uh, in the spirit of islam so my answer is this if you share the gospel with iranian muslims you too can be billy graham of iran. That's okay. <laughs> i like that i like that a lot i remember that on our next trip over there sure yeah, yeah our right. next trip. <laughs> so we haven't been there yet yeah so go back to the beginning of your childhood and uh just what it was like growing up in in iran and being uh, Muslim. yeah and what your family life was like uh so start there yeah, I was born in an Islamic family. My parents were educators. Uh, my mom was a teacher. My uh, father was a high school principal. So even though they were Muslims, but they were not fanatic. They, they were not, they didn't force it on me. They always uh, taught me, but they were, they did not force me. So I knew a lot about Islam. And um, in my early years, I followed it. And, uh, and after two, three years of, prayer, you know, the ritual prayer, you have to three, pray three times a day. After a while, maybe it was a year and a half, two years of it, I said, this doesn't make sense. Mm. You just memorize this prayer and repeat it several times a day. What does it add to you? And so I said, just be a good person and, mm. and follow your dream, which is, as you mentioned, uh, I wanted to be a research scientist, come to U.S., get a Ph.D., and do research. That was my childhood, teenage dream. And I was I started working hard towards that. And by God's grace and favor, yeah, I was I was uh, in uh, Los Angeles. But before that, I was uh, on the streets of Tehran in 79. And uh, as a young student and uh, with my wife is from Oregon. She's American. Oh, wow. This young, uh, this young, brave uh, country girl from Oregon was in Iran. And we met, she became a Muslim, we married, and here this young lady with me, she had her covering, Islamic covering, 
converted to Islam. And both of us on streets of Tehran, and we were shouting, death to Shah, mm. death to America. Mm. Wow. Can you believe it? An American girl de- shouting death to America. I think wow. these, these days there are mm. more people doing that than before. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but first of all, I want to assure you, we both have repented. We don't say yes to America. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Forgiven. <laughs> we, we sing God bless America and we mean uh, it. So oh, yeah. uh, that's how it started. We came to U.S. and we were at the verge of divorce. Um, and we said, I said, well, yeah, if you get a divorce, maybe some of your problems will be solved. But this emptiness you feel in your life is beyond marriage. It, you had it before even you mm-hmm. got married. And uh, something is deeper missing in your life. Now you're reaching your dream. You're in America. You're getting a PhD. You probably will get a good job. Um, and you will get a house. You will get a car. You get a bigger house and your car. And then you die. So so what is the purpose of life? So mm. that's why I started. I said, I, I need to research God more. Mm. And as a Muslim, of course, I started with Quran. I believe Quran is... Uh, by the, Islam is the last and most complete religion, and Quran is a source of truth. I said, maybe I was too young to decide. This time I'm going to read it as a researcher, not biased, not fanatic, just uh, just, as, just as a scientist. Let me read the Quran. I, I read the Quran. It did not fulfill my heart. It did not fill my heart with the presence of God. Where is God? How does he relate to my daily life? Now, this is intellectual pride. At least he admits it. <laughs> That's right. So, well, how can you be a scientist and you read one book and you come at conclusion that God does not exist, or maybe he exists but doesn't relate to your life? What if people ask me about God and I say, yeah, I, I don't think God exists. And maybe he does, but no relation. Nothing has to do with our life. And somebody would ask me, so how did you come to a conclusion? I read a book. Which book? Quran. Uh, and else? What else? <laughs> That's so close-minded scientifically. Uh, just read you. one book and come to a conclusion. So out of my pride, I said, I'm going to read the Bible. Uh-huh. Just to tell people, yes, I've read the Bible. I don't think I'm going to find anything new. I got a Bible, read the Genesis, and then jumped to Matthew. Um, that's when th- uh, things started happening. You know, um, I wanted to read the whole Bible in three days. I was a student. I wasn't wow. taking courses. <laughs> I was spending 12 to 16 hours researching, doing, you know, looking for God. So I read Genesis, jumped to Matthew, and I got to Matthew 5 really fast, and then I got stuck. I got oh, stuck. Interesting. Who is this Jesus? <laughs> yeah, right. he, he, he's beautiful. He's, his words are beautiful, but I'm an engineer. I'm not looking for beautiful poetry. I'm looking for something that works. It right, changes right. my life. <laughs> so I wanted to read the whole Bible in three three days. Three months later, I was in Matthew 5. Who is this Jesus? Wow. So after a struggle, I heard the simple message of the gospel. I responded to it and my life was changed. Because you went to a church, if I remember, uh, from hearing another podcast in LA or something. Yeah. Yeah, I went to. I was was, um, searching and I wasn't coming to any conclusion. The more. Uh, again, an intellectual fallacy, I would say, many people have, uh, which I have, is this. Oh, all religions are the same. Why do they fight? Why do they all talk about God? They all talk about being good. So I studied that way. Oh, they're all the same. But the more I studied and compared Quran with the Bible, no, no, no. 
they are not the same. Uh-huh. They mm-hmm. cannot be the same. The God presented in Quran is not the God of the Bible. Uh-huh. So you have to decide. Yeah. So I'm curious where where was your wife uh, at in, while you were pursuing uh, and your you know your engineering mind is trying to figure it all out. Where was she at? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's a, a another amazing story how she came. So we are getting divorced and studying Bible, Quran, whatever, and and uh, she stays at home. Uh, she stays at work late. Mm-hmm. She worked at at the office, and because we. we did not, uh, we had a fight every time we met, so let me put it that way. So she would uh, stay late at work. She got a little bit over time and she wouldn't have to face me. Mm. So every night she would come late and she saw me reading a Bible or Quran. Well, what are you doing? I'm studying and I'm comparing these two. And I'm not, the more I study, the more questions I have. Uh-huh. I'm not coming to any conclusion. I cannot prove both are, uh, are the same. So now, listen, this is amazing story. While I'm doing that, God is working on my wife. How? She's staying late. At 10 p.m. every night, there is a janitor coming to pick the garbage. He sees this lady sad, staying there. He had compassion on her, would bring coffee, bring sometimes food from home. But there was a problem. She, he was from Guatemala. He did not speak English. Mm. So he went and, and learned one sentence in English. One night he came and told my wife in English, Jesus loves you. Oh. I have chills. <laughs> I have chills. I love this. So people, so wow. you say, I don't know the language. You don't need to even know the language to witness. Just that love on people. So you guys were getting marriage therapy, uh, but no. in a unique and, and the most best way possible. With the Holy That's Spirit right. Working the whole thing. Yeah. God working on both of us. So she yeah. comes and says, what are you doing? She says, there is this janitor is giving me a card to his church. He says, come to my church, come to my church. So I looked at it, I said, you know, let's go because I'm not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there was a big church in downtown Los Angeles, Church of the Open Door, where those uh, older people know J. Vernon McGee was yes. the uh, pastor before that. So that's where we heard the gospel in, and she mm-hmm. came to Christ. And in a matter of two weeks later, I came to Christ and that our lives were changed. Amazing. And how many yeah. years have you been married? We have been married 46 this year. 46 years. That was that was a, a test question. He's like, uh, 40. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Make sure we got the right number. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. I just I want to go back for just a minute because, I mean, I'm picturing you as you're growing up and you, you know, your family uh, are Muslims um, and you wanted to understand Islam. And so you're doing those prayers three times a day, but your frustration grew because they seem so empty. So uh, do you think there are lots of Muslims who are experiencing the same thing when they, do those prayers always seem empty and what do they do about that? Yes. Yes. There's some Muslims who come to that conclusion all over the world, but Iran is different. You're talking about breakthrough. Everything in Iran is so different. There is a, spiritual revival in Iran. The spirit of Islam is broken in Iran. The bondage to that dark spirit is broken. So uh, Iranians have passed that question mark that you mentioned. Mm. That was maybe years ago. 
That's good to hear. And I'm I'm glad you're even talking about this because I think most Americans still view it as the years ago Iran, right? Instead of the today Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, they are not up to date uh, with the spiritual. You know, the the news channels talk about this political, what uh, what the people are doing, what governments are doing, but they don't talk about what God is doing. Uh, right. And everything in the news channel is different, is negative, and rightfully so. The Iranian government is developing nuclear bomb, and it's very dangerous. They, once oh. they have it, they probably will use it against uh, Israel, or at least use uh, use it to bully people uh, or mm-hmm. government. So, yeah. uh, but they don't. We don't hear about amazing work of God that uh, in Iran. Islam has experienced its greatest defeat in its history in Iran today. That's why you talk about questioning. I'm, I'm, I'm saying more and more, or most Iranians have passed that. The most Iranians are saying we are miserable because of Islam. Mm-hmm. We, we, if we want to have a future, uh, we need to get rid of Islam. Uh, these are mostly young people, but the number is growing fast. Well, what we love about uh, Iran Alive Ministries, which is a ministry that you started, uh, you're using satellite TV to broadcast Christian programming. Uh, all throughout uh, the Middle East. So yeah. you've got a potential audience of 130 million people. T- tell us about how, how that got started. Because <laughs> you weren't in TV. You didn't know uh, how, how to start all this, right? Yeah, why? Well. <laughs> and, right. So you've got this passion to reach your your fellow Iranians. And uh, I mean, here you've got this whole satellite network going. Uh, t- talk a little bit about that and how God is using that, why you got that started. I graduated. I, I have a PhD in AI, artificial intelligence. Um, moved to uh, Silicon Valley Bay Area. That's that's uh, best place to do that. And I did research for years there uh, in on uh, AI. As I was doing research, I started a group in my home. Uh, me and my wife just started praying. God, bring Muslims to our path. One by one, they came. We it grew to become a church and uh, churches. And at one point, the Lord uh, called me, I felt strongly called uh, me to focus on Iran. I remember, you know, arguing with God saying, God, you you made a mistake. I'm not a pastor. I'm I'm really, my my pastoral is not my number one gift, maybe number four. I'm not a pastor. Why are you calling me? I, it's so hard for me to pastor. I'm an engineer type. I think God heard that. You know, it's, it reminds me, I think God heard that before from Moses. You know, hey, what you me? <laughs> I'm just a shepherd here. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know, it seems like God gets his way, doesn't he? Right, that's it. You know, my name is Hormoz. And some people says, your name is Hormoz's. But over a year and a half uh, of struggle, I really felt God saying, I'm not calling you to be a pastor for a long time, temporarily, but I'm going to do a great work in Iran and I'm giving you an, the honor to have a part in it. Yes or no? So I said yes to that. That was 10 years before we started the satellite. So I planted churches in Northern California, but my heart was, God, how am I going to do it? Iran, you called me to save Iran. And when 9-11 happened, we felt, me and my wife, oh, this is getting late. You know, if you don't go out to Muslims with the love of Christ, they will come to you with the hatred of, of Allah. And I'm, I'm bold to say that. I'm a Muslim. I'm, when I say this, I hope your audience don't take me wrong. I love Muslims. 
Yes. And I have given my life to love Muslims. Love tells the truth. God has called us to speak the truth in love. And that's what I'm doing. When I say about Islam, if you hear me saying negative things, it's out of love. You have to address the problem before you can solve it. So uh, the Lord, uh, uh, nine, after 9-11, we said, we got to go on, on the air. Uh, and now this is a chance. How are you going to do that? You can't go to Iran. Oh, yeah. Satellite television. The satellite television go over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes. The privacy of their homes, they are safe. We are safe. And they hear the gospel. So we uh, bought one hour of airtime from a secular channel, uh, December 1st, uh, 2011, uh, 2001, uh, September 11th. Uh, one hour a week turned to two hours, three hours, and continued, and it became a 24-7 uh, satellite wow. broadcast. Full on favor mm -hmm. of the Lord. I love it. And the fact that you're reaching so many for Christ. I, I When you say, I love Muslims, um, I mean, yes, you were a Muslim, but I want to talk about the fact that you love Muslims in spite of what happened within your own family, your sibling. Do you yeah. want to let's share about that? Yes, I'm, I'm glad it, uh, you brought it up because saying I love Muslims, it's so easy. I love Muslims, but I've gone through this. That Islamic, Islamic government of Iran has killed my brother. Let me share that with you. I was... I was a new believer, um, and they arrested my 16-year-old brother in Iran on minor political charges, just re connected, related to a political party who was uh, against the government. They arrest him 16, and they keep him for two years, and they tell my mom, oh, don't worry, he he's doing fine. We're going to let him go. He his charge is not that serious. I mean, he didn't do any anything big. They kept him for two years. When he turned 18, they called my mom and and all that through two years, I'm as a new believer, I'm saying, God, save my family. Mm -hmm. No, none of my family members were saved then. Praise the Lord. So many are saved now. Mm -hmm. And so they called my mom one day and say, come and get his body. We just executed him. Mm -hmm. And when my mom went to get mm -hmm. my brother's body, they said, you got to pay for killing of your uh, son. You have to pay oh. for the bullets. You have to pay for this. So they oh. give her a bill. They had to, oh, she had goodness. to pay to Unreal. get her, her body. So as a new believer, I said, God, you know, I was, I was in crisis. I said, God, I prayed for two years. I wanted my brother to be released so he can hear the gospel. Now he's dead. And what is this? I, uh, what am I supposed to do? For two, three years, I was mourning. And I never forget that because I had an encounter with God. I was saying, first, I felt re revengeful. God, uh, they killed my brother. I'm going to be a militant. I'm going to kill. No, no, no. I remember God says revenge is mine. Oh, okay. Sorry, God. <laughs> I'm not supposed to get revenge. Um, but Lord, I hate them. I I really hate them. No, I, I remember. Oh, you said uh, if you, um, you, you even have to love your enemies. You can't even hate anybody, even including your enemies. So sorry, God. Sorry, God. Okay, I'm not going to hate him. But Lord, I'm angry. Yeah. He's really angry. Oh, yeah. You said if you're angry in your heart, you've already killed him in your heart. So I'm not supposed to be even angry. So I'm sorry, Lord. But what am I supposed to do when I see injustice? Can I curse and cuss a little bit so I can feel better? Just a little yeah, bit. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you can't even do that. With your mouth, you praise the mm -hmm. Lord. You cannot do that. 
So I said, God, what is it? What is your will? Are you going to just silent when you see injustice? Really heard clearly the Lord say two things. One is, do you know who is your enemy? You have only one enemy. It's Satan. Those people are not your enemies. They're victims in the hands of that one enemy. Mm-hmm. Have mercy on them. Love yeah. them. Mm-hmm. They are themselves in bondage. Okay, God. And do you know how to take revenge of Satan? How to hurt them? No, God, what, what am I supposed to do? Remember when one person comes to Christ, there is rejoicing in the courts of heaven and it's probably mourning in the courts of hell with Satan. So go evangelize, my son, go evangelize. That's your revenge. And a revenge you have had. <laughs> you have to understand me, an introvert nerd engineer. God will yeah, just but, use anybody, yeah, won't yeah, he? <laughs> Uh, I had a problem even at one-on-one speaking with people. I really had wow. problem. That was hard for me. Uh, I was more comfortable with books than than people. So, uh, Hormos, but, uh, God has changed all of that. That's for sure. Uh, I <laughs> what you said is so practical. The way that God walked you through that process to love the very ones who killed your loved one is so profoundly important for us to apply in, in all this, the circumstances of life, time. whether our enemy is somebody at work we don't like or, or, or someone who you know threatens our well-being, uh, to go through that process, to remember who is really our enemy, and then to share the love of Christ. Yeah. That's how we get the victory over our enemy. Thank you for sharing that. It's so profound. I, I wanted to ask you, um, in your opinion, working with Muslims for all these years, what do you think is the number one reason why it seems that so many Muslims, uh, they're resistant to Christianity. Is there anything in particular that that you can identify as to why they seem to be resistant Hesitant. to Christianity? Yes. Uh, you have to understand, it's a, being a Muslim is not a logical decision. It's not like Christianity. People study, compare, and they say, I decide to follow Christ. It's not like that. You're born into it or you're forced into it and you cannot get up. And number two is that um, there is a, it's a spiritual, the Muslims are in bondage to a spirit. I'm saying that with grief in my heart because that's true. Why? For example, I'm, I'm, some of your audience may question me, but I challenge them. Just talk to a Muslim logically. See if they follow you. They can't. They cannot logic. They cannot follow logic. They cannot uh, sit down with you and do a logical study of even Quran. Forget the Bible. Let's study Quran together. Many of them won't do it. Are they most, cannot go through a Quran. Did, were most uh, just taught the Quran um, audibly and have never really read it themselves? I'd heard that there's 77 verses in the Quran that are um, same as in the Bible that refer to, to Jesus. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Most uh, uh, Muslims are not Arabs. Quran is written in Arabic and archaic Arabic. Mm. So uh, these Muslims outside Arab world, Indonesia, Malaysia, Iran, they cannot understand Quran even if they read it. So as you said, they, they hear even the verses in Arabic without even understanding. Unless a mullah will have a sermon and, and tell them, what Islam is. Otherwise, uh, many Muslims cannot study Quran by themselves. And even if they do, the mullahs tell them, you're, interpreting, you're, you're not allowed to interpret. Mm-hmm. That's our job. 
you do it wrong. Don't do it. Well, there's a, a lot of stories right now uh, of, of Muslims having more and more visions and dreams about Jesus appearing. Can you touch on that? Okay. Do you have a few hours? And oh, we, I mean, we would <laughs> yeah. love it. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> that is, this is so common. Uh, that it's Our Lord is so gracious. Some people say, why don't we see that in the West? I say, first, he's Lord. He decides. But don't you see he loves Muslims? That's why he appears to them. Uh, these days, sometimes I feel these days, if you want to see Jesus, you've got to be a Muslim. So... Yeah. <laughs> Well, or, <laughs> the way the world is at the moment, yeah. You he has a special love and grace for that 1.67 billion people. Don't you think he loves them? He loves the whole world. Yeah. And he will do anything to reach out to them. He uses the suffering like people of Iran 40-some years under oppression of an Islamic government. God is using that mm -hmm. to set the Iranian people free. But visions and dreams are common among um, Muslims and becoming more and more. Yeah. Uh, let me, can I share you a story? Yeah, please. Yes, please I'd love that. yeah, that would sum it up kind of thing. Uh, I can share many uh, if you have time, but let me show you this one. This man called me uh, on the air and he, he was saying uh, about his healing. I'm, I'm trying to imitate him. So you get the feeling okay. uh, because he was share. He was telling me, but no emotions in his voice. Okay. Flat. He was saying, Pastor Hormoz, I called you three months ago. I had a kidney problem and you prayed for my kidney and my kidney was healed. I went to my doctor the next day. He said, you don't need a surgery. You don't even need any medicine. You are totally healed. Here I was excited. Oh, praise God. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus heals kidneys. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> then he continued. That's almost. Then I had a friend who had cancer. I prayed for his cancer, and his cancer was healed. Oh, hallelujah! <laughs> Jesus heals cancer. I mean, I was excited, but yeah. he wasn't. He was yeah. not. Then I had that. one of my relatives. A lady had a tumor, tumor on on his uh, on on her head, and I put my hand on her tumor, tumor, and I prayed, and she was totally healed from her tumor. Oh, Jesus heals tumors. I, mean, I was so happy. Well, did and this guy eventually get happy? <laughs> huh? After a few uh, minutes of sharing testimonies like that, flat, no oh. excitement on wow. his side, all excitement on my side. Yeah. Now, listen what he told me. After a few minutes, he said, Pastor Hormoz, why are you so excited? Have you read your Bible? <gasps> oh. Oh. <laughs> Wow. It's normal. He it's said, you normal. read the Bible. It's, oh. it's normal. No, that's it to get excited about. Oh. Isn't that? <laughs> Jesus heals. Uh, yeah, don't you know? You, <laughs> you, you have, we could, we could spend the rest of the day just having you tell stories. Cause yes. I know with your, with your program and you've got uh, like a call in talk show where you invite uh, guests to, uh, to talk with you. Yeah. Um, and you have experienced and seen God thousands upon thousands of Muslims into Christianity, converts. Um, miraculous so, stories. Like, and miraculous yeah. stories. But I just, I wonder, is there any one in particular, like conversion story that sort of stands out for you? Uh, I know there's so many to, 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 to go through, but maybe one that really was a surprise to you or, uh, or an unexpected conversion that you just didn't think was going to happen. 
Well, you you know Padina's story, and I, that's one is turned into a uh, short video. You can go on YouTube and just uh, uh, search Padina, and uh, Voice of the Martyrs helped us put that into a video. Mm-hmm. So you can watch that. That that, that was a amazing story and there has been others but because people can watch it they uh, i i encourage people to to look at that that that's yeah, we, a sample we, listen we watched it it's really well done but i want it you is. just just give a little brief synopsis of that story because some people may not take the time but uh that is fascinating how god worked uh in 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 and through you in padina's life so give us a little a little short version yeah there, there are other m- many people i can tell you many stories of uh, even today, this morning, I had meeting with one of our leaders. Uh, he, he he reminded me because he's such a great leader, worship leader, uh, makes beautiful songs for the Lord. He is part of our ministry. And he reminded me, he said, I was a drug addict sleeping under bridges when my friend came and took me home in in his home and turned on television to your channel. And that's why I came to Christ. I know where I came from. And then he said, remember that he was, he, he got, he, he became, you know, he joined us. We trained him and he was serving inside Iran and he got, he got arrested and he was in jail and he was tortured. Mm. He, he reminded me briefly how God has been with him all through. He was in jail. Uh, he didn't give any names because if he had other, Leaders would have been arrested. No other was arrested. He was in jail, tortured, no names where it was given. And he came out. And, and this is a little funny story. I'm going to go back to Padina if you have time, but I, I'm, I just want to say there are so many others like him. He, he came out, uh, and with bail. He came out of the jail with bail. Uh, the bail was put by one of his relatives and he would come to the relative would come and say, I, I need my money back. I, and it, the, and they wouldn't try him. They wouldn't say you have to stay like 10 more years or you're free to go. They wouldn't decide on his case. So the bail was uh, there. So he, his, uh, uh, his relative said, I need my money back. I need my money back. He said, I'm, I'm in the process. They don't tell me even if I have, to, I'm, I have to serve another 10 years or I'm free to go. They don't tell me. So this is funny. He goes to uh, jail. He goes to the, the, the next court. Uh, he has, he, he tells the judge this, judge, please put me back in jail. Please. <laughs> I want to go back in jail. Please. And the judge gets, gets suspicious. He says, why do you want to go to jail? Nobody asked me that. <laughs> oh, I know you are a Christian. You want to go to jail. You want to convert all the inmates to Christ. I know what you want. Uh, you're doing. Uh, I won't let you do that. Uh, you're free to go. Oh, Whoa. reverse psychology. That was oh, that's, that's, so that's how he became free. And he, he reminded me of his uh, testimony today, wow. this morning. I, I was just wow. so happy. But Padina, do we have time to? Yes, of course. If you have time, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, Padina uh, was a very devout Muslim and served Islam for many years, but was disillusioned with Islam. And she had attempted to commit suicide several times, not successful. So one night she goes to her mom. Her mom had an advanced case of MS. She said, mom, if you don't let me kill myself outside the house, I will, inside the house, I will do it outside. And mom says, well, you know, they have given me only three more months to live. And uh, her mom was laying uh, on a, in a bed in a living room. 
had lost all her bodily functions, drooling. She couldn't walk, just yeah. on bed. Well, I'm going to die anyway, so let's do it together. Let's commit suicide together. So they plan for it and send the father out. And one night their plan was to take some sleeping pills and turn on the gas. And as the daughter is preparing in the kitchen, the mom is laying on, on a bed in a living room, turn on television. And the moment the television is on, by God's grace, I'm there saying, if you plan to kill yourself tonight, stop. God wow. loves you and has a plan for you. So mom kind of gets uh, shocked and listens to me. And mom, uh, daughter comes back. Okay, mom, ready to do it? Mom, mom says, no, no, uh, let me talk to this pastor. No, no, mom, turn it off. They're brainwashing you. Turn it off. No, please, this is my last request before we die. You have to listen to my last request. Okay, call. So mom calls me. I never forget that day. I was, I, uh, she told me that they're committing suicide. And I talked to her and uh, talked about God's love and plan for her and her daughter. Within 15 minutes, she prayed with me to receive Christ. Then I said, give it to your daughter. No, my daughter doesn't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your daughter. No, my, my. So she calls her daughter. Pastor Holmes wants to talk to you. And I could hear her daughter screaming, no, turn, hang up, hang up the phone. No, I don't want to talk. No. And mom was pleading, no, please, please, please just talk to him, please. So eventually the daughter comes and I never forget how cold she was. She was cold. And she was saying, I'm going to, we're going to kill ourselves tonight and your Jesus cannot stop us. So after about an hour of, you know, trying to change her mind, I couldn't. So finally, I felt, you know, God gave me an inspiration, I believe. I said, well, you're going to kill yourself anyway. Why don't you give Jesus one week uh, to change your life? And if he doesn't, go ahead, kill yourself. I won't do that in America. You, you can go to jail uh, right. for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Wow. So, so, I mean, that's quite a challenge. Yeah. But, uh, confidence in Jesus. Mm. Jesus does what he says he will do. Mm. So she told me yes, and she prayed with me with no emotions. Later, she told me this. She said, I prayed with you, not really praying. I repented after you, but I was, I was saying, okay, one week, Jesus has not done anything for us. The same night that you have live program, we call and we kill ourselves on your program live to tell all your audience who are deceived that Jesus is a liar and you are a liar jesus doesn't do anything and we are going to kill ourselves on the air so that's wow. what she told me her plan was now see what happened that night they go to bed 3 a.m she hears a sound what is that maybe my mom fell from the, from the bed let me go find her she goes and mom is not in bed where is she she goes and she sees her mom walking in the kitchen making food mom you're sick go lay down you, well, how are you walking Jesus healed me, she says. The mom says, no, they brainwashed you. You're sick. You can't happen. T tomorrow, I'm going to take you to hospital to prove that you are not healed. Oh, so wow. next morning, she takes her to a hospital. She used to work there. And they take tests and say, there is no trace of MS. You are wow. completely, Hallelujah. completely oh. healed. Hmm. Yeah. No, and funny, she says, I went home. I said, I felt I'm not. I'm not depressed anymore. Since I thought of all the negative things in my life to make myself depressed, I couldn't become <laughs> depressed. So next Thursday, we had the programs on Thursday. She calls and she gives a whole testimony. 
that Jesus healed her mom. And they both are believers. Yes, uh, miraculous. Wow, and, and I read this story in mm. A Simple Guide of, of Experiencing Miracles before our interview. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is Dr. Hormos. So uh, it's it's just an incredible story. And it's just it's just um, a reminder that, that God is able to do anything at any time through anybody. And so um, thank you for heeding to this incredible call on your life. You know, I, yeah. I just know that me, along with a lot of our listeners, want more. And I go, we want more stories. Where where can we go to find <laughs> out more stories and more about your ministry, uh, Hormoz, and what God is what's the best what's the best place to go there are to? Two two easy ways. Of course, our website is iranalive.org. You can go there and you can sign up for our newsletters every week. Every Perfect. week we have emails going out. If you sign up for email. And every email has one great story. And once once I do a newsletter, I write it myself with a, um, a story there. So you can sign up for to receive those. Uh, but easier way, if uh, especially in the U.S. and Canada, you can text the word Iran to a number. You know, on your cell phone, uh, you can text uh, the word Iran. But you put the number. You know, instead of a person's phone number, put this number eight five. 789-85789. You, you will get a set of links, the link to our website, the link to some testimonies you can watch. I think Padina may be there yeah. if you have not updated. And uh, you can uh, sign up for our newsletter. And if the Lord leads you, you can be a partner by supporting us. Beautiful. Oh, yes, yeah, that's so helpful. I, I sure. know. We just thirst for more stories yeah. about how Jesus is at work and, and and how we can be a part. Exactly. Right. And how, yeah. cause yeah. we're not going to Iran, no. <laughs> but we, we can through you. Yes, right? that's right. We can yeah. pray and support and, and just rejoice in these stories or what our miraculous Lord is doing. Yeah. Okay. I have to, before we let you go, uh, Hermos, I have to ask you one question and I don't, maybe maybe this is like, uh, don't even bother asking this question, maybe but I have to ask questions. it anyhow. Are you going to ask about AI? Yeah, because we have to know because <laughs> I, okay, we're so fascinated by AI <laughs> right. because of all that's going on in the world. Yeah. Yes. What are your thoughts? So like, I mean, good, you, bad, indifferent. Yeah, there's this huge resurgence now, you know, in interest of AI, and I'm just wondering where are you at with that, and and are are you <laughs> going to be using it in your work? Uh, the, uh, yes, yes. Even I've thought about the ways because uh, just to, uh, this part uh, answer. AI can be used when you have a large amount of data. That's why Amazon is going to do great for themselves, of course. Right, right. <laughs> and right. already they're doing some of that. You know, they're profiling you with uh, Facebook and Amazon. They're already doing that, but they're going to take it to the next level uh, with AI. Uh, and that could be used for ministry when you have a large number. Um, and we do. We we we. We, are, we have many, many names in our database, but I think AI is going to use us, use it uh, and help us to have strategies of approaching these people, getting to know them and finding uh, maybe persons of peace. You know, uh, yeah. about uh, Luke 10, the Lord sends uh, people of persons of peace. You have to identify people who are uh, influential in their community, but at the same time open to the gospel. Yeah. If you have a large database, AI could be looking for profiles like that. So yes, uh, oh. it could be used for the for the good and both. We're looking uh, for peacemakers. Yes, <laughs> that's right. AI, your your ministry is breakthrough 
but uh, the next five to 10 years, the world will totally change because of AI. Yes. It, it's a major change. Can we out. just touch on it just a little bit? Because I mean, I know you got to go and we do too, but I mean, I'm fascinated with AI and I'm a little nervous about it. And yet I'm excited about it at the same time, because I think of what it can do in the medical space and with our health and, and all yeah. the great things, but then, you know, just like social media and other things, there's, there's good and bad that it's used for. So what are your thoughts on where you think it could go and, and how can we not be afraid of it? I guess is the word. Well, we should be afraid of it. In my okay. Opinion. All right. All right. <laughs> very concerned. Uh, very concerned because it's a powerful tool in the hands of uh, governments and uh, it can be used. And it's already they have started to use it, but it's going to improve our lives. On one sense, it's going to improve our lives. And on, on the other sense, will be used by uh, governments to control, control. Yeah. to even kill. U.S. government right now has killing robots. They do have it. They're improved on it, but they already have it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, having that in like China, recognizing the faces, yeah. pulling out the background automatically, you know, going through the bank accounts, stopping them, controlling the population already started in, in, in China. And that technology, again, will improve. And maybe they sell it to Iran also mm. and for other governments who want to control uh, uh, people. So it can be used for good and bad, but it's going to positively affect all of our lives at the same time, very negatively in some countries. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, one thing we know for certain, and that is uh, there are always changes on the horizon, yeah. some that uh, we're uh, afraid of and others that we're welcoming. But the beauty is that there's one who never changes. And that's wow. the one we put our trust in. He's that's the one right. we put our trust in. And, that's right. And uh, we know how the story ends. Yeah, we do. And Hormoz, we're just, we're so grateful for what God is doing through your life and the breakthroughs that are occurring in the lives of so many Muslims and others who are being introduced to Jesus for the very first time. Yeah. Well, thank you. How can we pray for you? Pray with us for the spiritual warfare we are. I mean, that's the number one. We have a prayer ministry. We are facing a dark spirit, not just the dark spirit of Islam, but it's uh, by name. And in, uh, in Daniel 10 talks about the Prince of Persia. So uh, all Christians are in a level of spiritual warfare. But when you confront the spirit of Islam and, and uh, the spirit of uh, Prince of Persia, the battle goes to another level. And uh, when we say prayer, I mean, warfare prayer Yes, against the, those dark spirits. They try to crush us. They try to uh, uh, break relationships. That's one thing Satan always does, even within husband and wife, find, try to find a way to break them apart. It, uh, the same thing he does in churches to try to break relationships. But we are, we are very aware of that. We're trying to protect ourselves and watch out for our relationship. So prayer, spiritual warfare prayer is, mm -hmm. is number one. And one thing we have faced a uh, couple of times, you know, um, enemy wants to cut your blood and, and finances and one way, suddenly, like has happened two times, suddenly everything goes dry. Suddenly people talk against us to our donors, mm -hmm. major donors. This has happened a couple of times over, you know, the last 20 years. They tell him Hormoz is a charlatan. 
this ministry has no result, no food, uh, no fruit. Their reports are all lies, and some donors accept that lie and they they cut us off. So when I talk about spiritual warfare, even the pray for the finances that the enemy will not touch it. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And number three yeah. is uh, strategy. Iran is open. Yeah. And the government of Iran is coming down sooner or later. Me and my leaders right now, we're praying and fasting. God, give us a wisdom. We call it the return. God, give us a wisdom to do our best during this time when Iran is open, not uh, politically, but spiritually. Open heaven in Iran. We need wisdom. I love it. I love it. Well, we are dedicated to pray for you and your ministry, and I know our listeners will be as well. So thank you so very much. It's an honor to have you on the show. God bless you and appreciate your time. God bless you. Now, uh, you interviewed me. If you're ever in Dallas, I would love to interview you. Oh, we would love that. Absolutely. We'll count on it because, you know, I grew up not too far away. So we'll be giving you a call. Hermos, keep that contagious smile on your face. That is the joy of the Lord right there. Praise the Lord. Bless you. you. Thank you. God bless you. Nice to meet you. You too. Bye-bye. Wow. What a wonderful interview with Dr. Hormoz. And um, I I mean, I just feel like, wow, what he's done. He's been so willing to. And he's so humble. Just so willing to, you know, to do what God has asked him to do. And he's got the, he's got the right heart and the right attitude. And really, if you, if you see this on YouTube, you'll see his, his incredible smile. And he's been through it. Yeah, uh, this guy's right. in a spiritual battle. He's, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, that his life at times have been in, in, endangered as well because sure. of the work that he's doing. So, sure. but he just keeps on going. And uh, his passion is to bring Muslims into an awareness yeah. of their savior, Jesus Christ. And so if this reached your heart in any way, we invite you to go to iranalive.org and check out their site, um, support them in prayer or support them with support, um, but definitely with prayer. And uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We uh, appreciate you and we look forward to catching you same time, same place next week, right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Be blessed. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.